to record with, and then you gotta. So then, when you line up both the the audios, they sink in together. Oh, you know, like when they do it in Hollywood, they yep. go like that. So okay. we got that going, but we're yeah. I mean, yep. Hold your phone like that. Perfect, and we got the live going. So we're live now. What's going on, everyone? We are back. We made it. Episode three of the Pinelli Podcast. Um, I am your host, Pinelli. Or I am your host, Peyton, a.k.a. Pinelli, um, and I have a very special guest here, my good friend, uh, fellow teammate, Ben Gilbertson. He's a Division Three wrestler here at St. John's. Ben, how are you doing on a day like today? You know, it's a, the snow is pretty bad, not going to lie, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, I'm grateful for the opportunity of you letting me on. Dude, yeah, thanks for coming on, <laughs> yeah. man. We're going to talk about, we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, what it's like being a wrestler um and at the collegiate level also get into some ufc stuff as well and then i kind of want to ask you about like your off-season plans and all that good stuff but first cue the intro song baby you know i gotta gotta let it go (laughs) but um all right so we are here ben gilbertson thanks for coming on um first thing i kind of want to start off with is just kind of like pick your brain about wrestling like what age did you kind of start wrestling started at age three was wow. brought into a uh, youth wrestling practice with my dad. Um, he was one of the youth wrestling coaches in St. Cloud area. And I don't know, just kind of just came about it. I I mean, he didn't really give me wrestling shoes. He just wanted me to, you know, dick around or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, and then, you know, a couple of years down the road, I started doing a lot more tournaments. Uh, yeah. Kindergarten, I started traveling to a little bit more tournaments here and there. Uh, when it turned into first grade that's when we started traveling every single weekend yeah doing state tournaments um even tournaments wow. in north dakota because we got family over there so that's when the traveling started getting or progressing a little bit more um but yeah just that's when i picked it up and then ever since that it's just been my lifestyle and hopefully it will be continuing my lifestyle later on so yeah well that's that's amazing starting at that young of an age it's i feel like it's hard to stick with a sport like that you know at such a young age because i know a lot of people try it and they don't stick with it and i'm kind of fall into that that category a little bit and that's kind of the next like the next question i want to ask you is what made you stick with wrestling like, what, what was there about it like i know for me what i liked and i did it for a very short period of time i liked how it was it was hard work it was something different that not everyone did yeah um easily the best part was getting your hand raised yeah. I think like the the cool thing was that like it's not a team aspect, you know, with everything. Like you're not mm-hmm. relying on your teammates, or you know, it might be you know one of your teammates' fault. But when you're on the mat, like it's all about you out there, and you know you can change your you can control your destiny whether you get your hand raised or whether you don't get your hand raised. Yeah. And I thought I just loved that feeling of you know getting my hand raised every time I'd win a match, and that's what continued me to keep driving and pushing forward is that you know, getting my hand raised and then going to other tournaments and seeing different kids and also getting my hand raised, getting mm-hmm. trophies and getting bobbleheads, medals, you know, all these awards and accolades that you can get out of the youth wrestling. That was so, mm-hmm. such a cool factor out of it. And when did it turn for you? Like, you know, you did it, like you said, for youth, you were taking it seriously. When did you really start being like, okay, like this is what I want to do in high school and like this is what i want to do post like high school was that did you determine that at a very early age or did you have any other sports that you were playing that you know maybe were conflicting with oh which one do i want to stick with or was it always just like wrestling from like the moment you yeah um i did baseball when i started at 10 i was on uh our travel traveling squad Mm -hmm. uh for our hometown sock rapids but um yeah there was um I was playing baseball. I was really good at baseball. I made a couple all-star teams, so I was really talented in baseball and both in wrestling. But, um, yeah, I always just loved wrestling, and then I ended up quitting baseball my freshman year due to – I just didn't like the coach. He was kind of yeah. a dick. So I just That's didn't – school baseball. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I just, like, wasn't getting the playing time, wasn't getting the opportunities. I was like, well, you know, like, why am I still going to do this? So mm-hmm. decided to quit that. was do- doing cross-country to keep me in shape. But nice. uh, eventually wrestling – was going to be the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Even post-college, I always wanted to be a college athlete. Yep. You see on ESPN, you see nat- you know the Division One championships, and these guys are on you know, ESPN. They're on the national stage, and they're going out there, and they're competing, and it's cool to just see them being on national TV yeah. and being able to go out and show their best stuff and then getting their hand raised and then 
being the national champion, mm-hmm. being the best in the country. And I thought that was such a cool atmosphere that I wanted to do that in college, no matter what mm-hmm. division. I mean, ultimately, Division One was kind of the goal. Yeah. But as high school progressed and I wasn't getting the results, mm-hmm. you know, D3, I don't care if it's D3, D2, JUCO, NAIA, but mm-hmm. like any division or any college level is, is, is crazy. Impressive. It's, it's funny that you say that because I've heard other people say that on different podcasts. I've heard other <laughs> athletes say that. And like, I feel like to, for you to really, truly understand, understand that statement is you have to like play a collegiate sport to understand it. Cause I know people will look at it. Oh, it's D3. It's this, that, but it's like, it's still a grind. And, and you, you uh, people don't realize that I didn't realize this until my, or until doing wrestling last year was, I mean, they're, they're, they're redshirt freshmen, but you still are wrestling division one uh, wrestlers, you, yeah. you know, cause we had the tournament here last year. I know it wasn't NDSU here. Yep. The freshman class was here and, um, Iowa, I think it was the Cyclones were here too. Yep, well. Iowa State. And um, I just, I didn't, that was something I didn't know. And like I said, I know it's, you know, the freshman, but it's still, you're wrestling a Division One athlete. You yeah. Know, it's just pretty crazy. And I just, I think that the, like the label of having like D3, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do it justice at all because people don't really realize what goes into it. Like the, the long car drives, you know, all that crazy stuff. And so I, um, Wow, the neighbor's uh, fire alarm's going on. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a reoccurring thing. My bad, I got a little sidetracked from that. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about that too as well as just kind of the grind from like, you know, you going from high school to the collegiate level, like what did you, what's the biggest difference that was happened for you? Because you're a junior now and you have two years, two years more of eligibility. But what was the biggest thing for you your freshman year, like that jump from, high school to college um good question i it's just like how much more like devoted of time you have to have Mm -hmm. in high school you can kind of get away with you know your talent if you have Mm -hmm. a lot of talent you can get away with winning a lot of matches Mm -hmm. in high school and that goes with every other sport you know like talent really is beating out like the amount of hard work you put in because you know you're still growing you're still going through puberty and whatnot so talent trumps over everything but once you get into college it's the amount of hard work that you put in the amount of lifting the amount of extra time that you put in that's what's going to separate mm-hmm. you know the guys getting their hand raised and versus the guys that aren't going to get their hand mm-hmm. raised and i realized that my freshman year just kind of walking in you know nonchalantly thinking you know st john's not really a notorious good program but mm-hmm. it is you know i wanted to prove myself out there you know try to get a starting spot yeah. but when I walked in there, I got my ass beated by every single person out there. Even my freshman class, like I'd go into the practice room and I get the shit kicked out of me every single day. And then realizing to myself that like, if I want to start winning matches and start, you know, seeing some progress, I have to put in extra amount of time in the off season, Mm -hmm. even during the season, like putting in 15, 20 minutes extra every single day, a top of lifting. Like that's, what's going to separate the losers and the winners in college wrestling, which is crazy, but that goes along with all these other college sports too. I, yeah, I agree. I think with, with high school, it's like, you know, I, I tried just about every sport in the book. I, I tried soccer. Well, I did soccer. That was my main sport. Football. Um, I did wrestling. I did track. I did baseball. And, you know, once you get to the college level, you being a dual athlete, it, it can't, it's, it, you can do it. There are people that do it, but like, you got to really devote the time. And that's one thing I noticed too, is that like, you know, you guys start your captain's practices early. You guys are on the lifting program in the summer. Like I know we were talking about before, you know, you were driving the, was it the day one training program that's up here? Yep. So you're, you're, you know, it's a year round thing for you. Yeah. And I, it, it is, it, it is no joke. I, I, I agree with that. I know that in high school, you know, there'd be people that would go to like pinnacle classes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I feel like, you know, in high school wrestling, it was like, unless it was your main sport, it was like, okay, like that season's over on to the next, like, whatever you have in the spring or, you know, focusing on football. Yeah. But what's like kind of one of your like, like favorite parts about college wrestling, like here at St. John's, just like you got any like funny stories or anything like that, that just like just fun times just at tournaments or like the bus rides. 
or just stuff like that? Like, is there anything you can kind of recall? Maybe not your favorite story, but one that just kind of comes to Oh, mind? for sure. I, I mean, recently over Christmas break, we got to travel an RV to Florida. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. That was a grind and a half. And that was, you know, 26 and a half hours of constant driving. Wow. <laughs> we left the, the day after Christmas Day. Or yeah, at the twenty six, and we were mm-hmm. so we drove down to Florida, we wrestled, and then we stopped on our way back to Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we got to experience, or at least my, myself, and then um, the assistant coach and a um, couple of teammates. We went to Broadway, which was really cool. Yeah, just going out there and seeing the scenery and whatnot. And there was so much country music and whatnot. And I remember. Uh, uh, one time where me and uh, Julian, we were walking out uh, from one of the bars after we were just sitting there playing darts and whatnot, and I was like, "Man, I'm I'm fucking hungry. Like, are you hungry right now?" And so we stopped at this like hot dog spot, and like I go in there and I'm trying to like I don't have any cash on me, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to pay with my card. Card's not working, and all these mm-hmm. all these guys are just like, "Come on, like hurry the fuck up, like let's go, let's go to the, let's get the next spot." But I'm trying to get my hot dog because I'm super hungry right now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's funny because Dan, he comes up and he, you know, ends up paying my hot dog. And yeah. I'm like, well, I feel bad. Like, I'll go buy, you know, the next round or whatnot. Yeah. I ended up not paying a single dollar wow. at all. Uh, we had um, one guy, our teammate Julian, he ended up buying like three rounds or whatnot. And then, you really? know, a couple of their buddies were buying rounds. But I ended mm-hmm. up squeaking away with buying wow. nothing. So, yeah. So, so you're telling me the 26-hour drive was worth it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then, like, the wrestling part, too. That was so mm-hmm. much fun. I, like, getting out because we got there a day early. So we got the experience, like, you know, Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. as, a, you know, as a free day. And so we went on a run, got to hang out by the pool, um, go walk. We went and walked to grab some food because it's mm-hmm. within walking distance. So yeah. that was really cool. And just beautiful weather, too. And you guys stayed in the hotel, right? You didn't just... Yeah, okay. no, we stayed in the hotel. But the, the stops that we made, so we stopped in Atlanta mm-hmm. on the way down because there's so much traffic there. So we stayed, I stayed in the RV. So we, like, locked the doors because we were in yep. this, like, shitty part of Atlanta. Yeah. So locked everything. We stayed there overnight. And it was cool because they had the national championship going on oh, the really? same time, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was, I think it was in Georgia, if I'm not, like, State Here. Farm. Is that, was that in Georgia? No, no, that's in uh, Arizona. That, they played it at, in, at Arizona, but um, they were probably playing the game to go to it, maybe. Okay, yeah. Was it? I don't know. I don't really remember. I, I'm, that seems like a long time ago. I know. We were near national championship time. Yeah. but yeah, Probably they're... one of the playoff games is what I'm going to guess. No, for sure. Oh, frick, because they – who did Georgia play? They played someone like – Michigan? Yes, we saw a bunch of Michigan Michigan okay. fans and a bunch yeah. of Georgia fans around the area, which mm-hmm. was super cool because everyone was decked out on the gears talking about the game, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have no sentimental value because yeah. you know Minnesota sports—they just break your heart yeah. every mm-hmm. single year. Exactly. Yeah, the Gophers might beat Wisconsin, and that's the best they're gonna do. Yeah, I get the axe and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah, being a Minnesota yeah. fan is just that's tough. a whole another podcast. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I was just looking at the Go- Minnesota Gophers basketball record. And they're seven and twenty. Yeah, one win in their conference, man. Yeah, I, you know, I my dad always says this. He doesn't know how they they're not bad. Because think about Minnesota basketball, the talent we've Minnesota basketball has produced. I, I don't know if you follow it super closely. I don't follow NBA super closely, but I know that they've produced. Um, we got Tyus Jones, who's in the NBA. His brother Trey Jones, who's in the NBA. Which I remember watching them in high school. They actually beat our school, Champlain Park. I think two years in a row to win the uh, the state championship. Oh, shit. Um, there's another dude on the – I don't know his name, but there's another guy on um, – there's another guy on the uh, – I'm blanking out. What's John Rand's team? The Grizzlies. Another guy on the Grizzlies from Minnesota. Um, who else is there? McKinley Wright. He's been bouncing around G League, NBA a little bit. Um, I know we had Theo John who went to uh, Champa Park High School. Same with McKinley Wright, but he – uh, just finished his fifth year at Duke last year. So Minnesota produces these great players. I'm sure there's more that I'm not. Gary Trent Jr., another one that's in the NBA. Jalen Suggs and Chet Holgram. Yep, yeah. So I just don't understand how is Minnesota not recruiting some of these people? Is it because the program's bad? Is it, you know, something when they're within their recruitment that's a problem? Because I don't think it's that long until St. Thomas comes in and passes them. They're getting a new arena. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I don't know. Minnesota, it's it's frustrating the basketball it's a little frustrating because like as much as like you know everyone including myself kind of shits on minnesota sports want to see them do well but they just don't give you any reason to like 
have any hope of like, hey, we're gonna we're doing well this year. I'm thinking, you know, if I had to bet my life, I would say the Wild would be the first to win a championship. Oh yeah, out of all the teams. I mean, the Twins have won one, you know, whatever. But I'm talking about like recently. Yeah. And I think maybe the Wild, but even then, that you know, they're they're winning and they're losing, they're winning and they're losing. Then they'll then they'll get past the first round and then they'll go face the Blues and you're like, well. I guess uh, it's, a, it's a loss there. I know, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope the Wild ends up winning a championship, but personally, I'd rather see the Twins win a yeah, World Series. That'd be fun. But, I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since 2002, which is crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a stat. Right it's kind of weird. Uh, so my buddy Logan told me this. So, have you seen the movie Moneyball? Yeah, yep, so, I watched that. So, you know the class. team that beat the Athletics in the playoffs? Do you know mm-hmm. what team that was? Um. Was it the Yankees? It was the Minnesota Twins. Oh, that was that was really? their last divisional. Wow. That was their last playoff series win, last playoff win, ever since then. So they ended up beating the team with you know that breaks the record for most mm-hmm. wins consecutively, and then yep. they, they lose. Just now they've been losing ever since. So that's tough. That's <laughs> that's really tough. Yeah, I don't know. The Twins they they seem to keep digging themselves a deeper hole every single year. Now baseball is so unpredictable. You know when the Nationals won the World Series. I remember they were in last place at some point, and then all of a sudden they just like flipped the switch, and then they went made a run. But yeah, Minnesota sports is a little tough to um, to you know be a fan of. But you know I'll always be a fan of all the sports teams. They'll always be number one because it's my home. That's why I have my second teams and my sons. You know they're looking pretty decent. Oh, the Phoenix Suns is your yeah. second team. Mm-hmm. They're looking decent now. They're like Minnesota though. They gave up that three one series to. Um, uh, to Milwaukee, so I'm I I won't believe it. Even though they have KD, I won't believe it that they're legit until they have that trophy. Oh, that's right. They did get KD now. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, yeah. so that's gonna be, be a stud. I don't know when he's start, gonna play. I don't know if he started to play yet or whatnot. Like I I know I I do. Yeah, I run a sports podcast. But I'm also <laughs> like I don't I don't follow it like the the back of my hand. You know I I do kind of follow the Wolves quite a bit. Um, they got a good win against the Clippers last night, so that was nice. But um, yeah, they're looking decent, and they'll probably be an mm-hmm. eight seed, and hopefully. Yeah, we're, we're hope, hopefully they just. I want to. My my thing is, I want a secure playoff spot. I don't want, I don't want a oh let's get the playing game and and hope that we win. You know, like I want a secure playoff spot where I know we're gonna get a playoff series because those playoff games are fun, man. Last year going to the the Wolves Grizzlies games. Ooh, I think I went to I think two of them. I went to the play-in game, and I went to two of the Wolves Grizzlies games. And unfortunately, I think they lost both. But and one of them was when they gave up that twenty-five point lead. I don't oh, know if you dude. remember that. Yeah. But I just, I, I they're fun. They're the playoff atmosphere is just something different. And Wolves fans, they're crazy. People don't realize that Wolves fans are are like are loyal, other than people that live in Minnesota. But like I remember driving around last year when the Wolves were making their little push. In neighborhoods, they had these, they had like these wolves back, like signs in people's yards that like people bought, and I was like, dang, I didn't even know this many people like supported the wolves here. You know, like you only really see it. I feel like downtown, but I, yeah, you know, but it was that stuff was it was fun. That was a lot of fun uh, going to those games, um, and there was nothing, nothing like the playoff atmosphere. So I, I want to for sure playoffs. Yeah, and go back and go watch. Yeah, no, exactly. Great content (laughs) right there. Yeah, you might have one another of those glue handprint incidents. You you never know. (laughs) Honestly, I bet that is the first thing that, because I know I talked to um, the Timberwolf security guard. His name's Tony. He's like, I want to say he's like the Wolves kind of security guard. He's like the Wolves. I want to almost call him a mentor because he, I think he's the one that checks in on the players, uh, making sure they're in by curfew. I believe I could be wrong, but he's a super nice guy. He's the one that like anytime there's a fight, he's out there. Like he's out there. And I've talked to him. He used to be a Minneapolis cop, and he's super cool. And I remember when there was um, the the glue girl stuff happened. He he was the one that was carrying her. Like if you go back and look up the incident um, when the girl did it in uh, Memphis, and like she like chained her like self to the hoop. Yeah. He like was the one that ripped it off, and like and there's other security guards helping her. And like, just picked her up and just brought her out. Holy he, dude, he's super cool. He's uh, he's like James Bond, man. He's very he, when he's at the game, he's strictly business. He's sitting there, and and I'll try to get a video next time. I'd like to actually interview him, but you, you watch. I I'll get a video anytime there's any little like scuffle. He's standing up and he's at the edge of the court, like ready to go break it up because that's his job. Fire so, up. So like when there was that 
big fight between Austin Rivers and Mobamba, he you'll see he's he's out there breaking up like he gets up and goes. And so I asked him actually at the day, at the day after that I go with that incident happened I go if Pat Bev was on the team would it have been different he goes nope just another day <laughs> just not phased at all and I'm like wow that would be a fun job to have who did Mo Bamba like, who did he clock uh, he uh, him and uh, Rivers got into it oh yeah that's right you know, I, he Rivers went up to the bench I think because they were jawing back and forth and all of a sudden Mo Bamba got up and then they just started going at it oh, fuck that was that was a shout out to Lo the barber. He actually, um, my my little brother's football coach was right like right there, basically courtside, like videotaping it. Sent it to me. I popped it up, and it's a that was an intense one, dude. You don't see that a lot in NBA. No, you see it, you see it in the NHL. You see it in the NHL a lot. No. You know, you see it in baseball a little bit, but NBA fights there. You know, that's a, those are some tall guys. Like I'm down there, and it's like, you, like have you ever seen like how tall some of those NBA players? No, are? I couldn't. I can't imagine. It's you know, long, long ass arms trying to swing it around, man. You could get, you, it's that's dangerous, man. Tony's right up in there trying to break that. Stuff. Yeah, I've never seen anyone over seven foot, or at least like <laughs> you know, like up in person. But I've yeah. seen people who are like six, seven, six, eight, and I'm looking at them like, holy <laughs> shit, you are tall. Like, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. you know, like a point guard going against you know, like guy like Mo Bamba. Yeah. Like that guy's a huge, you know, that's another level of you know mm-hmm. reach. And so, how are you gonna? beat the shit out of him like that doesn't exactly no, I, yeah mobamba he's those guys imagine if mb some of the nba players decided to do mma i think someone would be too tall for it though yep no way too be, tall i think they'd be too tall and they it it wouldn't work out their legs would snap from a from a from one leg <laughs> i feel like maybe i mean my given mine would too because i just i, I couldn't handle i could not check a leg all. kick no that's that's way too much <laughs> I, power i was I, I did a little sparring with my friend rob back at home and we did very very light kicks and he, he like got me right in the knee like the left knee too and i had a bruise there for like a week and a half and it was swollen and it was tough and those leg kicks are brutal man those are those are those are brutal brutal things to endure but like um segue and kind of into ufc leg kicks you know we gotta gotta transition ufc 285 this weekend baby fire up fire up excited. exactly i know you're excited i want to ask you about your picks we got john jones versus Ciro gone um and then we got valentina shimshenko versus uh gross i don't know her first name Gra- uh alexa alexa gross and then um couple other fights i don't follow ufc as close as i used to but i see that bo nichols starting us off yeah and, um on the uh, main card i you know fellow fellow wrestler right there so what do you think who are your picks for for let's just let's go with jones gone then uh shinshenko grass and then we'll go with nickel and pick it um just to keep it keep it brief yeah um, so I so I did my picks earlier today. There's yep. this app where you can like go and make your picks and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I said John Jones was gonna win by decision. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just gonna go out and kind of dominate the whole fight. Mm-hmm. He's got the wrestling. He's got the striking. He's definitely got the kicking. I mean, like Cyril Gon has not faced an opponent like John Jones before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's faced Francis Ngano, who's got crazy power, but yep. he's never faced a guy that is you know, well-rounded in every single aspect of fighting. Like, that is a guy that, you know, like, you should be training 12 weeks instead of eight weeks for Mm -hmm. your fighting. And I think John Jones could come on peace, peace him up. And if he comes out and he gets knocked out, I don't know if I would be surprised either because he hasn't been in the cage for Mm -hmm. two years. That's what's tough. It's I was thinking about it. I feel like for some of, like, the the hardcore MMA fans, it's like for John Jones, it's – it's like it can be either a win-win or a lose-lose because if he wins, it's like, oh, well, it's John Jones. You know, he's he's really good, you know, whatever. But then if he loses, it's like, oh, well, he hasn't been in the cage that long. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he has, I think he has nothing to lose going into this fight. No. He's going up a weight class. He is a, he's getting a little, like, not old, old, but he is, in MMA terms, he is getting a little old. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know who my pick is. I'm trying to think. It's hard because, you know, Sirogan, he, he did lose to Nganu, but, you know, you never know. Some athletes take losses different. Some of them, you know, they let it determine. Some of them, they use it as a learning point. And who knows? Maybe Sirogan's coming back just a straight, you know, savage compared to what he was in that Nganu fight. Uh-huh. So that's one thing that I kind of was trying to keep 
like you know think about but i'm gonna honestly i'm gonna just go with john jones just because every time i bet, bet against him he always wins so but i but kind of like you said if he lost i wouldn't be surprised yeah but he has nothing to lose and so I, i'm glad he's you know, stirring things up in that heavyweight division, considering there's no more Francis Ngannou, which is pretty crazy. Oh, what dude. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, God, if I want to be honest, that's kind of a smart move on his part. One, mm-hmm. like, he's, you know, he's been, like, the likes of Cyril Ghosn, Stipe mm-hmm. Miocic, pieced up both of them. And mm-hmm. then, you know, your biggest fight now is John Jones. Yeah. And he was going through a bunch of, I think, like, knee surgeries. Like, yeah. his knees were just shot. So, yeah. and with the amount of pay that... I mean, he's not even getting seven figures for these fights. And these are big-name fights, and he's a dominant fighter. So why would he – it makes sense for him not to renew any contract and go out and do something else. Like, yeah. I I could see him doing boxing and fighting, like, Tyson Fury I and making some big-money fights Maybe. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, another league, PFL. Yep. So you obviously get your standardized contract, but if you win the whole thing, you win a million dollars, right? And he's he made more – a million dollars is probably more than he made, in, like, when he was coming up the ranks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it's tough. I can see him both in PFL or I can see him, you know, doing big prize fights in boxing. Mm-hmm. But I see boxing a little bit more of his way path. Probably because of his knees, too. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's so much easier on your on your knees for the most part. Uh, obviously, you don't have to worry about wrestling and whatnot. That PFL... You know, I, I have a little little theory about that PFL is interesting because if, let's just say, Ngannou does go there and let's say he gets paid, like, at least a little bit more than what he's getting in UFC, it'd be interesting to see who else goes there because, to my knowledge, I don't know if it's... I, I know it was announced a while ago, but isn't Jake Paul technically going to fight Nate Diaz in the PFL? Yeah, well, he did sign a contract. There's some, a, some sort of contract. It's a weird, like... Um, like uh, stipulation, so yeah. like he can obviously do the boxing that he mm-hmm. wants, but like and say if he wants an MMA fight, like he's gonna have to fight in PFL, and okay. pro and probably those types of fights. Uh, I don't know if you know Clarissa Shields at all. She's a big time women's mm-hmm. boxer, but she signed a contract. She did a couple MMA fights, so she doesn't yeah. fall under like the PFL regulations for like normal fighters mm-hmm. that you know fight within. Uh, like whatever the championship is or whatnot. So I think she gets her own type of money, but I'm assuming that like with the amount of pay-per-view buys that they're probably going to get mm-hmm. with Jake Paul, if he fights Nate Diaz, which that would be a really cool fight, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that he you know gets a significant amount of money, probably the same amount as what he would probably make in a UFC fight. See, that's what interests me is that, okay, let's just say Nate <laughs> Diaz goes to PFL. So then there's two, you know pretty decent names in MMA that are at PFL. Then obviously you have Jake Paul, who's going to be, you know, who's a marketing genius, whether you love him or not, who's going to be calling all these fighters, you know, whatever. And so then that leads the question to, you know, with Dana White, maybe, you know, I know there's nothing, no one said this, only he knows, but maybe kind of considering, you know, hanging it up at the UFC just because he's been doing it. He's grown it. He's done a ton of stuff, made a ton of money. That leads me to ask do you think more fighters are going to go to the PFL? Because if fighters start to get paid more, which, you know, I'd see, I know that Dana White says, oh, fighters get paid, but then why is it such a big problem? You know, it seems like every month I see some big story about fighters not getting paid. And yeah. I see some story about, oh, no, they do get paid. So it's like, if people go to PFL and PFL, you know, is smart, maybe lets fighters get wear their sponsors on their Mm-hmm. You know, on their shorts and stuff. Are are we gonna see that? Because I mean, the UFC will always have McGregor, you know, Islam and stuff like that. But I don't know if this the PFL could be a start of a new. Yeah, I. I don't think it ever surpass UFC, but it's. I don't know. It's interesting. No, it, it is. It could if 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 you know if Jake you know if Jake Paul's there, and you're a UFC fighter that's maybe kind of on their way out, kind of like Nate Diaz that has nothing to lose. You know, whether those fights are, you want to say the scripted or not, you're still making a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's interesting. PFL, it really, it's like you're just taking a shot on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. do you believe that you can go out and win the whole thing and get the million mm-hmm. dollars? And that's the biggest prize. Mm-hmm. And the, the fights leading up to that, I'm assuming that these fighters aren't getting paid as yeah. much as UFC fighters per fight. Mm-hmm. But it's because of, you know, obviously the million dollar championship yeah. that you're going to win. But if fighters want to take that chance, especially if you're... 
the top five in the UFC, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a good shot of winning, you know, the million dollar mm-hmm. championship. Like that's just kind of a given with the amount of talent and the amount of people that you face too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're going, let's say if like I'm the number three ranked fighter, I just fought Israel Adesanya twice mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, keeping it close with him. Like Israel Adesanya is way better than the rest of the middleweights in uh, the PFL division. That's no question about that. So I'd have, you know, I'm willing to take a shot for myself and, you know, go out and compete for a million dollars and then see what happens. But I don't know. It's it's weird. You go back to the fighter pay and it's that like I think they know coming into it that they're not going to get paid much is the amount of wins that you have and the amount of like uh, how much you know, money can you bring in? Like, what's your status? Like, are you popular? You know, like Conor McGregor, like he started out making like $30,000 a fight to show $30,000 to win. Mm -hmm. And with just the popularity that he gained, that's how he started making so much fucking money. And not everyone can be a Conor McGregor. No. That's why it's like, well, if, if more people go to the PFL, then, you know, then their ratings go up, then they can pay more. So it'd just be interesting to see Kind of what happens. I always think though that UFC will be the top, you know, mixed martial arts oh, for organization. Sure. I mean, you get the most eyes and everything, but it's it's interesting to see what's going on over there, and it's a different type of, you know, they got that the tournament bracket, like you said, and the grand prize and everything. So it's it's interesting to see how that how that'll go but yeah dana i know dana he you may think he's kind of a dumb fuck of like the comments mm-hmm. that he makes and whatnot because you know he does shit on the fighters or he mm-hmm. does you know um you know like you know he can cri- criticize and do whatever he wants because mm-hmm. he makes the money he is the guy yeah. and he's but the thing is he is a brilliant businessman yeah for him you know it sucks for the fighters not getting sponsorships and making money off of that but that's a big like that's very smart on his part because he's taking in all the sponsorship. Yeah. Every commercial that you see, every time John acts like this is sponsored by Modelo, he's yeah. making so and much they have money. So many off different sponsors. So many different sponsors. Mm-hmm. You look around the cage, and there's probably ten to twelve different sponsors mm-hmm. sitting, you know, on the floor over there, and mm-hmm. then especially around cage side as well, around the arenas, mm-hmm. wherever it may be. UFC's got probably twenty to thirty sponsors yeah. lined up for them, and they're just making cash and cash and cash mm-hmm. from it. He's marketed it very well, and I don't dislike Dana White. I just, as I said before, too, I used to be very hardcore in the UFC. I kind of just segued out a little bit. Um, I still keep up with it. I'll, you know, I'll still watch fights like, obviously, John Jones and Cyril Gaon, but I know that um, he, like I said, he's marketed it great. I I just, it's, to an average fan that doesn't know, the, like, the real nitty-gritty stuff, you always see these headlines and you know who knows which ones are fake and real about all oh, like they don't pay they don't pay the fighters the fighters don't make jack and then like I saw mm-hmm. something where it's like when you factor in travel training you gotta pay your trainers pay your gym bill and all that mm-hmm. stuff it's like you're not walking away with much oh. at least at the start now maybe once you get to like uh, you know when you're gonna be at least prelims on like a John Jones fight or maybe you're a um, main card person then maybe yeah then you're starting to make so- somewhat decent of money but it's you just I see, you see all these articles and everything, and now that the UFC, it's more popular. I think it's more mainstream now. I remember mm-hmm. back 2019 when I was a freshman in college, and I got into it my sophomore year of high school because that's when I started wrestling. So I was like, you know, oh, this is pretty cool. And I remember it was like an underground thing. Like no one watched UFC. If you met someone back in the day that watched UFC, it was like amazing. You like you know you'd have to sit there and have a 30 minute conversation mm-hmm. about it because you didn't meet a lot of people. You'd go to B Dubs, you'd watch the fights. And then, like, that's it. And I feel like that's the same thing. I, want, I, I actually wanted to ask you, too, about wrestling. Is I feel like it's with, you, with UFC and wrestling and everything all getting popular, do you think wrestling is more, I don't want to say acceptable now, but do you think it's more of, like, a trend almost? Like, it's, it's cooler to do now than back then? Because I remember when I wrestled in high school, it was like, people were like, oh, you wrestle? Like, you know, like, oh, that's, that's wild. That's, like... Not like weird, but it was always like different. And now I feel like it's like, oh, you wrestle like that's badass. Like I want to try that. I think you. I see a lot of people getting into it. I see a lot of stuff online, like TikToks and stuff of people like promoting like the wrestling day in the lives, which I think is great because it's a great sport. But I feel like, do you think that back then it was a little more? Or now it's more acceptable than it was maybe back then. Yeah, um, it's a good thing you brought that up. Um, 
Have you ever seen the movie Vision Quest at all? No. So in the movie Vision Quest, uh, the main character Loudon, he you know he's cutting. I think it's like twenty eight pounds mm-hmm. to go beat the number one kid in the state. Yeah. But in the like in the final match, the crowd is just packed. And I remember like talking stories with my dad, and you know, you know, even guys that wrestled in high school in the eighties, like high school or high school wrestling. For if you lived in a small town, mm-hmm. high school wrestling was huge. Mm-hmm. Like everyone came in. Like it's like what um, hockey is today. Like yeah. everyone came in. Gym is packed. Wrestling was the cool thing back in the day because that was like the only kind of combat sport that you'd hear of, yeah. other than boxing. But like. Wrestling was the only accessible thing that you could to watch, yeah. you know, in person. And that's why it became so popular. And then you go into the 90s, the 2000s. And mm-hmm. that's when the sports started kind of trickling down because there wasn't any really mainstream guys that were big into it other than Brock Lesnar and yeah. Kurt Angle who turned transitioned into WWE. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think now with guy like the guys of gable steveson mm-hmm. he probably changed the trajectory of the sport him going out there as a 20 year old you know winning two national titles going out there with uh nine seconds left scoring four points mm-hmm. winning an olympic gold their shirts made of him yep. he was the biggest thing in the world going out there and winning an olympic champ you know olympic gold yep. and then um you know you flash forward in his last match at the gophers sold out yeah. Me and a couple of my buddies, we went to go watch, you know, the final match of Gable Stevenson in the in the state of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and he go and everything is packed, and there was a big show for him and whatnot. Even at the national championships, everyone wanted to watch yeah. Gable Stevenson, you know, go dominate someone. Like it's, you know, having those guys and Spencer Lee um, tearing his ACL and yeah. him saying like, "Oh, excuses are for wusses." Mm-hmm. I totally agree. This guy had no ACLs and he ends up winning the national championship. AJ Ferrari when he, you know, obviously. Uh, under his like allegations mm-hmm. that he had, you know, not a good thing that he did. But mm-hmm. besides the fact, like going out there on the mic and he's like, "Go Cowboys, baby!" And you know, mm-hmm. he's got that personality with him. Like that's what the sport needs. The sport really doesn't have that. But now you have Spencer Lee, and then you have uh, RBY, and their styles of wrestling is just so beautiful to watch. And so hopefully that attracts people when it comes. You know, the uh, Division One championships coming up soon. Hopefully that requires a little bit more attention to be like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't, you know, like, I can't even do that. Like, yeah. look at how he's doing a cartwheel and then taking somebody down and yeah. then pinning them. Like, that, those are crazy chains of events, and you never see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get to, you know, actually watch that on ESPN, and that's going to be super cool. Mm-hmm. And that goes <laughs> back to the, the UFC being more mainstream. I feel like now that's why they're getting people like Bo Nickel, who this is what his – what, what, is this his second fight in the UFC? This be his, f- his f- uh, second. Okay. Um, so I mean, had, let's include the Ultimate Fighter. Okay. Yeah. So this will be his fourth fight. Mm-hmm. And how many wrestlers now, and especially if he goes out here and wins on the main card of John Jones and Sirogan, which arguably probably will be the biggest card he'll fight on, unless if he fights on, unless if he maybe headlines or whenever that he would probably be, or, will. Yeah. Or. Um, you know, fights under McGregor or another oh, yeah. huge name fighter. But let's say he goes out here and performs. How many college wrestlers are going to look at that and be like, yeah, like the way I look at it, like I want to do that. And the way I look at it now is like there's no professional wrestling. Like, I mean, I know that they have those like wrestling matches at um, MSG, right? To my, to my knowledge. Yep. But I feel like wrestlers now, it's like after wrestling, it's like, I'm gonna go in MMA. Like that's what that's the that's the wrestling NFL right there. Like when you complete college wrestling and you loved it that much, it's like, well, I already have the hardest part of mixed martial arts down. You know, it, it won't be it'll be hard, but it won't be as hard as just beginning to learn uh, jujitsu. So I got the ground knowledge and everything. So now I need to just learn boxing and kickboxing, which mm-hmm. is way easier, way um, harder said than done. Yeah. Um, or easier said than done. Well, I can't believe I messed that up. But I, <laughs> so then that's going to get, that's why I'm thinking it gets more people in the wrestling because the whole reason why I started wrestling in, in high school is because I was like, oh, I want to do mixed martial arts. Never ended up actually doing it. I still, you know, I'll still go to gyms. I'll still box here and there just because I enjoy just like competitive, like combat, you know, light sparring. But how many people now are, is it going to inspire like to the next generation of, of UFC and and I think even wrestling is gonna mm-hmm. is gonna be pretty huge because if you someone wants to get into it and you're at, in high school and it's now it's not weird to be a wrestler 
because not saying it ever was, but I feel like, like I said, it was it was a very daunting thing to do. I think back in the day, it's a big step to take for mm-hmm. someone who's never done it. And so you're gonna do that, and it's like a free you're you're getting a free MMA class, and then all of a sudden you know, oh well, I want to wrestle in college, and after college, I want to go to the UFC. And do you think that's like gonna be something you see now? Are we gonna see more? UFC or more college wrestlers from all the levels go to the UFC. Yeah, I mean, like you, John Jones, two-time JUCO mm-hmm. champ. Um, Aljamain Sterling, he was a D three All American. Mm-hmm. Like you know, a lot of the UFC champions or even the top dogs in the UFC, mm-hmm. their their main background wrestling. Mm-hmm. Habib, uh, Islam Makachev, mm-hmm. these guys are devoted to wrestling, and that's why they're so dominant. Is because that is. I mean, personally, unbiased opinion, a little bit of bias, I'm not going to lie, but wrestling is probably the hardest skill to learn because there's so so many attributes that go along with Mm -hmm. that. Um, You you know, you take somebody down, like, that is a lot of fucking work to take someone down. And if you get up from it, you're gassed. You're so gassed. I don't care who you are. It's just... That's and, how it is. you know, the people who are listening or whatnot, who's never, you know, watched wrestling, but when a guy is on, you know, when a guy is to- on top of you, just punching you and like putting so much pressure on you, it's not, it's so mentally and physically draining just to be underneath. It's like you're getting drowned underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there's a quote from another wrestling movie, Win Win. And so this kid comes in uh, yeah. to the, you know, the wrestling uh, team or whatnot. And they're like, how the hell did you do that move? And he's like, well, every time I'm underneath, I just think someone is coming in and grabbing my neck and trying to drown me. Mm-hmm. And I got to do whatever the fuck it takes to get out mm-hmm. from the bottom. And so that, but that's the mentality you got to have. But it's so mentally draining and physically draining just to get out from that. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. you get taken down once, you're gassed. Taking someone down is hard. <laughs> Taking been, someone down is gassed, gets you gassed too. I've been going in the wrestling room a little bit and been doing a, a circuit where I, I just, because uh, I don't like doing just running cardio. It's tough on my knees. So I've been going in the wrestling room, and I'll, I'll do some shadow boxing for the first three minutes. And then after that, I'll do um, wrestling with those dummies. Mm-hmm. I, I tried the 120-pound one, and I was like, wow, like, I was a little tough. So I've, I've been using the 70-pound one. And I, even then, after that, like, I'll just, you know, do little shots. They're not really too worried about form, just trying to get my cardio up, yeah. up. And it's like, you know, even, like, doing a suplex on a 70-pound dummy is, like, unless if you've done it a trillion times it's it's hard it's 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 a different it's a different you know type of movement and then like you said when you're and that's on a dummy that's not someone who you're you know another human being that knows defense that you know knows how to you know do reversals and stuff like that and it's it's a it's a really great sport that i think i i feel like it's it's fun to do it's a very fun thing to do you know just for fun but also, too, like as far as doing it just at the collegiate level and uh, at a professional level like UFC, it's just it's a it's a different animal that people don't, I think, realize. Yeah. And it's it's hard. Man. It's Dude. Hard. And the guys that are so dominant in the UFC right now, like like I said before, like they're wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, like if 10, 15 years down the road, I am I w- would not be surprised. And I hope to see that mm-hmm. all the UFC champions that are there are wrestlers because that is again one of the hardest sports you you're a wrestler you go up against a kickboxer yeah. you might not be well sounded in uh boxing and kickboxing and whatnot but if they can't defend a shot you can just take them down exactly. and then ground and pound mm-hmm. all day and all night and that's how you go beat them yeah you don't yeah. have to knock them out but if you dominated them for three rounds mm-hmm. you're still getting your hand raised you're still moving yeah. up in the ranks well you do know a little <laughs> bit of jujitsu too then all of a sudden you're grappling you also, you just choke them out, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, I think that the first thing you need to learn as a mixed martial artist, now I'm not a pro by any means, this is just from what I've observed, is the wrestling's the biggest, then I think boxing. Yeah. And then after that, it all kind of falls into place. Yep. Yeah. Well, kickboxing, I should say, because, you know, when I, like I said, when I spar my friend Rob, shout out to Rob, you know, we'll do a couple rounds just boxing, and that's my forte, because that's what I, that's what I, Dude, I, I've been like doing boxing on and off, just not competing, just hitting pads, hitting the heavy bag, doing a little sparring at some gyms long, like for since my junior year of high school. So I have an idea, you know, and so I go up against my friend Rob, who, who's uh, Muay Thai, and he's, he's really good at kicking. He's, he's gotten a lot better at boxing, and so we'll just do boxing rounds, and I'm doing pretty well. And as soon as you have the kicking going on, I'm like, oh, my God. He throws one kick, I throw both my hands down the block, and then boom, get pieced up because uh-huh. I'm not, it's not used to it. You know? yeah. And so I think it, it'd be wrestling, then you got to learn kickboxing. It's the kicks, man, you got to learn – 
Dude, those leg kicks are so deadly. You see how how like the toll it takes on people. Dude, yeah. And then everything else, I'd probably be grappling and all the other crazy stuff. Yeah. That if I was young in high school, I'd be you know wrestling and I'd be learning some kickboxing if I wanted to like go into UFC and then everything else just kind of would fill in from there. Maybe. You ever seen any Muay Thai fights at all? I've I've tapped in a little bit, but I don't know any fighters. But I've seen those things are intense, man. They're just they're going. At <laughs> they're so cool. Yeah, I mean I don't know any fighters either, but yeah, they go they go balls to the wall mm -hmm. for three minutes around, and they are throwing kicks, knees, elbows, mm -hmm. punches like they're crazy fast, and their training is insane too. Like uh, I seen this video of a guy from Thailand because obviously that's where Muay Thai mm -hmm. is originated from, and he's kicking like bamboo trees down, so his shins can like. Go yeah. down to literally bone so it doesn't hurt. So they has no scar tissue at all so that when they do get leg kicked or when they throw a kick, that they're not, like, suffering any damage off of that. That is insane. I, I remember Tony Ferguson doing those back in the day <laughs> and everything like that. Um, I've Also, too, I wanted to ask you, so we, we, we segued off, but I want to draw you back into this quick. So you got John Jones, so what about... Valentina Shevchenko and Grasso. Holy shit, we did say yeah, that for did. a while. That's all right. <laughs> we did. We did from the wrestling part too, but that's, that's all right. It's a podcast. I feel like that's a part know? of the podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I Valentina Shevchenko. Mm -hmm. She is a. She's such a fucking dog. Mm -hmm. I, she's like so quick with everything. Her leg kicks are so deadly. Mm -hmm. uh, the, her kicking uh, Jessica I in the face and her just being stiff as a board and, and then mm -hmm. her doing her emo like Russian dance yeah, is just so that, fucking that funny to watch. Insane. But no, she's going to dominate. I, I'm thinking round one, she'll go out there, peace, grasso for a little bit, mm -hmm. and then round two is that when she ends the fight. No doubt. What do you got? Valen, I don't really know much about uh, Grasso, but I'm going to say Valentina Simshenko because I feel like I feel like for women's UFC, when, when you're a dominant fighter, like, you don't see them fall that much until, like, like it's really a fluky thing, like when Amanda Nunez lost. She, oh, she, yeah. Remember when she lost? And it was like, holy shit, she lost. And then they had the rematch, and she won, right? Oh, she dominated yeah, That's Pena. what I mean. So I think, like, like Shimshenko, she, she she works hard. I think she's, she's going to win. I mean, yep, I would agree. I don't really have much more of a reason other than she's just... She's a demon, you know, she's good. What I, about Neil and Rack, Rack, um, I don't know how to say his last name. Oh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You gotta uh, include the other fights. Right? Yeah, so no. Just go through the whole main card. I know, Jeff Neal. It's crazy, because Jeff Neal just uh, recently, he uh, KO'd uh, Vincent Luque, and that was the first time he's anyone has knocked out Vincent Luque. Really? So he's got some hands. He's fucking good, but uh, um, the other fighter, yeah, I can't say his name, but 16 or 17 and all, I think that's wow. what his record is. Okay. And he has, fin I think he's finished all 17 fights. So I was thinking like a round two knockout because it'd be a three round mm -hmm. fight, but... So you'll have Rock, I'm just going to say Rock, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, is this like Shavad or something? Yeah, I think that's his like first that. name. Yeah, that's who I got. I'm just gonna. Choose. I've never seen any of these two fights. So I'm just gonna choose him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take, yep. your, take your word for it. <laughs> what about um? What about uh? Who's this guy here? Is it Gamrot? Yeah, and then Gamrot who else? First Turner. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Gamrot. Uh, Turner. From what I hear, he's uh, like a last-minute replacement. Yeah. So he probably wasn't training intensely, so he's definitely going to be gassed, but I bet he's going to give uh, Gamron a run for his money. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gamron goes out and dominates. He's got great wrestling, too, and that's mm -hmm. obviously going to trump over everything. So, And then the last one was Bo Nickel and Jamie Pickett, right? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I feel like that's an easy one, mm -hmm. Bo Nickel. You gotta go with Bo Nickel. Dude, yeah. I wonder, I gotta know what the fight arts are to that fight specifically, because when he fought um, in the Contender Series or whatever, it was like a, it was like he was a negative 4,000. Really? Negative 4,000, like, favorite to go win that fight and goes out and beats him in a minute. Like, I, I wonder what the, I, the odds are to that fight being his first UFC fight. But. You gonna be making any bets? Oh. <sighs> I try to stay away from UFC bets because I think I know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. But then when I do put down the bets, everything just goes yeah. wrong, and then I'm losing <laughs> money. So that's how it is for uh, <laughs> for me. I, I don't really do sports betting all that often, but I uh, I've done a couple. I think the last time I did it, I was super pissed off when it happened. Is was the Tank or the Davis fight? Um, I forget who he was fighting. Um, I think it was he was fighting Rollies. 
I believe. And um, he, so it was like the two bets I had was Davis landing over 75 punches, which hit. And then the other one was Damian Lillard um, scoring over 13 points against the um, the Raptors. And so at that time, Damian Lillard, Lillard, Damian Lillard was averaging 30 points per game. So it was like, easy money. It's the Raptors. They're not that good. Like, let's go, you know, I'm going to win 20 bucks. And I was just, you know, I was just doing it for fun. And Damian Lillard only had, like, 11 points that game. And, but the Davis hit, but that Damian Lillard didn't. And I go, you know what? This is a pretty good Dude, do you run prize picks? Um, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Dude, fuck prize picks. I, I hope Minnesota, like, legalized sports gambling because I – that's the same thing with me. It's like when you do UFC fights, it's like, oh, how much fight time are you going to be on there? I don't know. I just know the who's going to win the fight. Yeah. Like, I want to pick who's going to win the fight because that's just going to make it so much more easier for me to, like, actually come out with some cash. But I don't know. It's just, yeah, it sucks that with not having any legal sports betting around, you got to, you know, make some crooks and crannies do, what is it, Bovada is what I hear about. I I don't know. I've never won, so I don't know how what the process is of getting your money out. But I just know that it's wild that it started. It started with like, oh yeah, sports gambling is illegal. To then like, you'd hear people being like, well, I have this bookie and I pay him in Bitcoin, and then we, you know, then we go from there, and then I get my like. That's how I bet. And I'm like, okay, that's too complicated. And now it's like my little brother came up to me on Christmas. He's like, dude, can I can I use your like your your phone for prize picks? Like, I want to make a couple bets on Luca today, and I'm like. Well, wait, like, how? You know, like, I thought sports gambling is legal. And it's like, well, no, you can do it on this app. And it's like, it's legit. You just get your money from your from your card off to, onto the app and then you just do it. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's um, it's weird. The sports gambling world, it's weird how um, popular it's gotten within the, like, just being able to do it on your phone, even if you live in a state where it's illegal. I think they should just legalize it, just whatever. Yeah. Because right. I want to be able to go to Mystic and just be like, hey. You know, I want John to put 20 on John Jones. No, exactly. It's easier to do. I was telling my friends because, like, with it being illegal, the only reason it's illegal, I don't know if you know this, is because, like, um, when um, the – is weird because when uh, the U.S.-Dakota War, Mm -hmm. that was kind of one of their big deals because, you know, like – you know, the United, you know, Americans took over the land, you know, mm-hmm. did some outlandish stuff to take over the name of Americans. But one of their things was that when they started, like, you know, when Minnesota became a state was that when they started building reservations, like mm-hmm. nothing can touch their land. Like that is their land, like the reservations and whatnot. So when they started building casinos, right, they had the jurisdiction to do whatever they want. Yeah. And so when it came to like legalizing sports gambling, you have to go through the tribes and the reservations or whoever, you know, runs the casinos. You have to go through them first. Mm-hmm before you can even legalize it and so what my thought was that why don't you just have sports gambling at those casinos so that it brings in more foot traffic in there and so that you one you could sports bet yeah two it's you know getting the more foot traffic and then obviously like while you're waiting for the game you're not going to not play slots or blackjack or whatnot like it's all around you like you want to go throw some money down so you know that i feel like that's more of a better business proposition than just you know having it on an app and then you know sports betting or whatnot not going through the reservations and the casinos and whatnot this unplugged oh no so did your mic fall out then yeah there we go i think we're back i think we're back at it i don't know might be i might be on the computer mic now wow oh no my bad shit well maybe mystic needs to hit you up for uh you know some business Business ideas. I always got business some business, business good business propositions. Are you a bus- business major? No, elementary education. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my talents are basically useless right now. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you could, you could somehow, you could get a little business minor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have an exercise science minor, but I was thinking of getting a business minor because, like, as a teacher, you're not going to get paid in the summer, so yep. might as well run a little small business and make some extra cash. <laughs> you may as well. Yeah. You may as well, man. You never know. Get some extra money off of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one of the last things I wanted to ask you um, was, before we wrapped up, I wanted to ask, how did this year for wrestling go? I wanted to ask earlier, but like I said, we segued off, which is okay. But I want to ask, how did this year go for you, and what's your future plans? Um on, you know, I know you have like what two years of eligibility left, yep. and you know, what's your future plans for this off season in the next two years? And you know, shoot, baby, are you gonna are you gonna join the Bone Nickels, the John Jones, and 
um, the Algernon Sterlings of the world and maybe try making that crossover in the mixed martial arts? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I... Oh, I'll just start off answering that question. I highly doubt I'm going to MMA. It's just like, um, I don't know. It maybe would be fun to do, but like I'm not willing to put like my body's already like fucked up from all these years mm-hmm. of wrestling. So like going on and doing MMA, like I feel like it's just not gonna be beneficial. I'm probably to lose a lot of money doing that. I'm probably might go train jujitsu or something because yeah. I feel like that's less risk. But I don't see myself doing MMA. But who knows down the road that might happen. But as of right now, I'm not really. But um, the year went, you know, pretty well compared to last season. I mean, the improvement was there was a lot of improvement because I just mm-hmm. lifted a shit ton of weights over the summer. You know, stayed, stepped away from the mat a lot because I got so burnt out, and then. Yeah. You know, going against like top level competition in D3, D2, D1, like I was hanging in with a lot of those guys. And then, you know, I only got pinned twice by the number 10 and the number one kid in the country. So, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, so a lot of improvements, dislocating my shoulder two weeks before regions, that didn't help. But still grateful I got to actually go out and wrestle and compete. But that was it. I remember one day you were in a sling, then the next day you were like, yeah, fine. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't fine. I was. Mamba mentality. Doped up on ibuprofen and Tylenol. <laughs> like just taking, you know, whatever the like the amount of yeah. I think it's like four thousand milligrams. Yeah. I was taking that because my I had so much pain in my yeah. you know in my arm and like, but I had to do everything I could to you know actually go out and wrestle. And with that short turnaround, it was like, well, you got to start rehab instantly, mm-hmm. and then you can step on the mat next week, and then let's just see how it feels. Yeah. And then, obviously, there was some times where it pop out, pop back in, but, I mean, you just got to push through it. That's just, just, that's just that wrestler mentality, really, mm-hmm. that goes yeah, along with say, it. Mentality, baby. Yeah, but um, in terms of the off-season, I'm going to wait until I get my MRI results. I'm mm-hmm. getting one on Friday, but I just want to see what's wrong with it. And actually have like a defi- like a s- established plan of like you know how can we make the next steps you know mm-hmm. can we get my shoulder healed up and then can we go back to the real lifting stuff because mm-hmm. right now I'm just doing like normal shoulder rehab and I can't do squats I can't do bench I, yeah. I mean it hurts to do biceps triceps or any types of lifts like it's so it doesn't feel good when I'm doing any lifts so mm-hmm. I want to find out like what's the right path for PT. How fast can I do it? And then when can I actually go out and be somewhat healthy? Mm-hmm. So then I can start actually like lifting hard and then yeah. gaining some weight again. Well, I know you'll be in the, uh, you're in the right hands right here, here up at St. John's. You know, they got NovaCare. That's where I did my knee therapy. Mm-hmm. They're great down there. You know, you also got Justin who's phenomenal. Yeah, he is. You're, you know, you're in good hands here and, you know, I'm wishing you nothing but the best of luck. I'm excited to see what you do within these next two years and, you know, uh-huh. Next, you know, we're gonna definitely have you on again to talk some more UFC. You gotta, gotta make it. Uh, gotta make it. I think before every single big UFC card, I'd like to have someone that's knowledgeable about oh, UFC yeah. on. I promise, Mark. Next one, UFC two eighty six. He's gonna be coming on the week of that. Oh, kind of Mark. Some knowledge, yeah, man. Oh, really? He's he's mindful of this stuff too. Because like I said, I used to keep up with. I used to watch MMA World every day. Like, I'm if Conor McGregor tweeted something like about like someone else, like. I was like, no way, he's gonna fight them. I was a big fan. Then, like I said, I just kind of got out of it as like kind of COVID hit, whatever. And then um, now I'm like kind of trying to get back into it a little bit. But I don't know, like, you know, I only know some of the fighters. I don't know all of them, like kind of like you do. So you're gonna have to throw in like a, you know, Joe Rogan when he does his like sober October podcast yeah. with uh, Burt Kreischer and all them. Yeah. You're gonna have to have yourself. Colin, Mark, and me just go yeah. there shooting the shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Talk some UFC, man. It's, it's a, it's a good topic. Fast growing sport. So I mean, it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to see who wins. Oh yeah. This week and um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. The UFC 286 will be interesting too. But we'll save that talk for the. For the next pod. When is that though? I want I want to just see you real quick. Oh, that's Usman and uh, Edwards. Yeah. Oh shoot! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna definitely want him on that pod. Uh, He's been talking about it in class like how many yeah. days already? No way! It's March 18th. Is when it's. Yeah. Wow, that's coming up. So the so I'm going to Texas this week, and then after that, um, the next week, the following week is probably when we'll do it. Are you gonna be uh, back for the 18th? Yeah, yeah, I come back. Uh, <sighs> I come back on the eighth. So so get this. So that obviously the darty is going on nearby. Uh-oh. UFC. 
And then NCAA Division One championships Ooh. right after that. Wow. Yeah, you guys, gonna, I'm going to need you guys to come on and spit some knowledge about that, at least like a segment. Because oh, yeah. We can do a separate segment. <laughs> that, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, ben, it was a pleasure to have Dude, you on. Dude, thanks you for having me on. Of course, on. man. Thanks yeah. for coming on. You want to tell the people where they can, you know, follow you, reach you, you know, whatnot. I don't know. If you're interested, go follow, uh, is it like Ben.Gilbertson91 for yeah. Instagram? I post a lot of like wrestling pictures, but I feel like, I don't know, if I... Like, if I were to do some content, it would be, like, training videos sure, or whatnot. Man. There's not a lot of wrestling, like, content creators out there, I feel like. No, there's this there's big one. Uh, do you know Caden Henschel at all? He does, like, a wrestling YouTube area, and he's got, like, 50K subscribers. But no. It, exactly actually, not 50K. He got his, like, uh, silver plaque, which I think is 100,000. Yeah. 100, yeah. There's a D2 wrestler having 100,000 yeah. followers, so he's, like, probably one of the biggest names at all of college wrestling right now. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people this. Just start. I mean, I'm still starting, too, so. Yeah. But. So your Instagram, Ben.Gilbertson91. Yeah. Awesome, Ben. It was good to have you on. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to throw everything back on the Pinelli Podcast Hub just to answer a couple of the questions I got from the Q&A, and then we're going to wrap things up there. But, Ben, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. Hopefully my mic unplugging doesn't... We segued 